Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... This is urgent. We need a response team. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. <laughs> it's a big laugh. It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am Groot. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, they can be exactly what you need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. Marvel Geeks? That too. It's the Harry Potter edition. It's the Mighty Muggle Geeks. It's a gargle with Margle. It's the Mighty Mighty Muggle Geeks. Mighty Gargle Geeks. Wow. Slight glitch in the system. It is, at the moment, the Intrepid Duo. Trio is... Intrepid Trio. We'll let y'all decide which one of us is missing. So, it is I, Mike... And across from me on the screen, on the table, wherever, he he is my, he is the cloak to my dagger. No, no, I'm not. Okay. Uh, he is the beast to my cyclops. Close enough. Okay. I'll take that. I am a little bit fuzzier than normal. It is Eric. And who you hear keeping, clicking in, clicking out, is... Was the Luke Cage to our heroes for hire? <laughs> our, our Luke Sweet Cage, Christmas. Our Luke Cage to our uh, to our Barry White. That's <laughs> Kylan, but he is. We are struggling getting him on. Technical difficulties there, but right off the bat, check out the homepage MightyMarvelGeeks.net. Check out our affiliates, Ripped Apparel. Got some great Marvel t-shirts there. Superhero stuff in their hero box, which we really like superhero stuff. You find them at most conventions. They got some great product. Um, We frequented there at Celebration and got some good stuff. Yes, we did. Um, TV shop online. Or, yes, TV store online. And Loot Crate. Supporting them supports us at no additional cost to you. Also, too, you got any topics you want us to talk about on a specific week or your picks of the week, which we encourage you to to send us your picks of the week for the next for the upcoming free comic book week. Um, email us at MMG at Mighty Leave us a voicemail on our speak pipe on the website. I believe I have speak pipe there uh, and hit us up on Twitter at Marvel Geeks or on our Facebook pages at Mighty Marvel Geeks. So, big news as of today as we're recording. And we are recording on Thursday, March 1st. 
which rarely we ever speak the date we, we record on, but this news is kind of almost necessary. Yeah. Um, Disney and Marvel Studios has decided we're going to get Avengers Infinity War a week early. And I think you need to recap how that went down over Twitter. Okay. We'll go there first and then finish up the story. Um, it started when Marvel Studios tweeted on a scale of one to infinity. How excited are you to see Infinity War on May 4th? Now, here's the funny thing. May 4th? Sound familiar? Maybe it should, because May 4th be with you. It's Star Wars Day. It's not a bad day to release the movie. No, it's not a bad day. Um, and it accompanied a gif of Downey and his character as Tony Stark. Whether this was pre-planned or not, Downey Jr. replied, Any chance I could see it earlier? In which Marvel responded, Anything for you, Mr. Stark. I would have have thought they would have gone more the route of, For you, sir, anything. Well, it's kind of hard to get Jarvis's voice to come across in a tweet. Yeah, but they could have done that same same phrasing. Well, yeah. Um, They go, Anything for you, Mr. Stark. How's April 27th? And Downey replies back, great, with friends. And then this is where the conversation really takes off and becomes glorious. You mean these friends? Marvel tweeted back, tagging um, co-stars Chris Evans, Chadwick Bosman, uh, Danny, or Danai Garia, Mark Ruffalo, Don Cheadle, and Anthony Mackie. And of course, a gif of them running through the Wakandan forest. Or we're assuming it's the Wakanda Forest. Uh, when Junior, when Downey Junior then proposed the idea of instead showing it to the entire world, Marvel took his suggestion and made the new release date official. That's a fantastic idea. See, I don't like how they made "fantastic" such a all caps. Because does that mean potentially? No, it doesn't. But it's going to be read into that way. Um, no, got, it won't. Okay, all right. I can't say no, it won't, because you just did. I just did, because that's the way I roll. No, we are not going to see the Fantastic Four in this movie. No. That doesn't mean the Fantastic Four is not coming. Um, They go, that's a fantastic idea, The treat, uh, according to the tweet. Done. And then all of a sudden we see a new poster that says, Infinity, April 27th. And of course, uh, and then they go... Robert Downey Jr. then replies back, you guys wanted it, you got it, see you there April 27th. And there's an animated gif of him from the first Avengers movie saying, I'm bringing the party to you. Which we use in our... Yes, we do. In our entrance. I'm trying to see, do I have it on... I do not have it in my sound bites. Oh, well. Well, that's okay. But you know... uh, this this was a cute moment on the internet. You got to figure this was pre-planned. But There's how? no way this could have happened as just a spur of the moment. No, but still, it was a great moment. It you was. Know, I thought we were having a moment. I was having twelve percent of a moment. Actually, she's not even in this one, so she's not even having one percent <laughs> of a moment. It gets even worse. Um. So can you imagine the people who who don't realize this might have been planned are going, uh, what? <laughs> I mean, yes, it, it most likely was. But I promise you, 
I, whether it was planned or not, this is this is Seventy Shades of Awesome. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So what does this mean? Well, this means we're getting the movie. Wait, wrong story. Um, well, why the move? As a rule, usually Marvel summer picks stake out early the early May date, uh, but may open a week earlier for competitive reasons overseas, which apparently may be the deal now. Um, the movie will open in wake of a staggering success of Marvel and Disney's Black Panther, which is we will get to in a minute. Um, obviously, the film's ready if this is happening. Uh, there's no release date yet, or no title for Avengers 4 yet. Uh, but ooh, the big thing with this meet is the summer movie season starts a week earlier. Typically, it go. ends May, start of May. Now it's going to be the end of, end of April. And I'm looking at this one story, and there's really nothing that says why they're moving it early. Except, chances are, there's a competitive reason overseas that they want to avoid the conflict. But that's not the only conflict that happened at the moment. Well, conflict is kind of a strong word, I would say. More like... A stern discussion. Hissy fit, I think, would work uh, on some of the people who have reacted to this. And are we, are we, We're not talking Star Wars fanboys, are we? No. Are we, I, how Can do you make a Star Wars fanboy happy? Answer, you don't. Because they won't be happy. Anyway, that's my take on that, and I'm moving right along. And uh, let's see, where was I going here? Oh, yes. Um, apparently, the the latest holy crap, I can't believe he went there moment on the Internet, uh, as it pertains to Marvel, was uh, spawned uh, not too long ago uh, with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy director James Gunn. Uh, there was a... Who would you rather save conversation that he got into with uh, with a fan on Twitter? And the uh, the fan replied, you know, whether it be like a Porg or Baby Groot, of course, well, Gunn <laughs> said, you know, it, Baby Groot is way, way more important than, uh, what did he say, a, uh, a big-eyed pigeon. Right. That's, that's how he described Porgs. Um, they are what's for dinner. They are what's for dinner. And we sell the T-shirt on the T-Public. Yeah. Well, we have the T-shirt on T-Public that says so. There you go. Porg, it's what's for dinner. But uh, somebody said, but you can grow Groot back as evidence in your film. Once you kill a Porg, it's gone. And I I think Gunn just kind of like shattered her entire world with nine words. First Groot is dead. Baby Groot is his son. Now he has gone on to say, he has gone on to say that. Let's see. Ah, oh, crap! It's not wanting to load. This is something I think he has said in the commentary. For I think the movie. so. I think so. I can't remember if it was at the end of the first one or some point during the second one. I have not listened to the second one as much as I intend to. Um, wait a minute, that's not right. But basically, it is not reincarnation. It's kind of like the way that a plant reproduces. I mean, it's a seed. It grows from a twig, or I guess you say not all plants grow from twigs. This is it's kind of like baby Groot's kind of like a sapling off the original. Yeah, he doesn't have he doesn't have Groot's memories. He doesn't have all of Groot's knowledge. 
as he said, uh, you know, first Groot would have known which button to push. Yeah. Um, Baby Groot is really only about two months old. He is his own personality. He is his own being. And as soon as my computer decides to agree and pull up the page, I will read from the the real Stanley article. Okay. Uh, let's see. Okay, here it is. And yeah, really, the article doesn't say a whole lot more than that. It does says, "quote He doesn't have a gr- adult Groot's memories for one. Adult Groot would know what button to push." Uh, director confirmed that his baby Groot tweet was canon, at least within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He also explained the amount of time that Baby Groot spent with the Guardians of the Galaxy in the second film. Quote, he doesn't remember anyone. He's a baby, but he's been with them for two months. Now, I also uh, went onto Twitter to, to kind of follow this conversation. And uh, people are saying, it's like, you know, James, please don't do this. To which he responds, I did it a long time ago. <laughs> and... And they're like, they're like, you know, and now non-canon BS can just be tweeted ad hominem. And Jay, and Gunn says, it's canon AF. <laughs> and it's in the movies. So it was just kind of like, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I hate Twitter. I really do. I hate Twitter, but there are moments like this that I forget that I hate Twitter. Um, they said, uh, you know, he's the biological son of the first group, but was adopted by the Guardians of the Galaxy. Man, movies have gotten weird. Now, this was somebody uh, somebody else that said. Um, and then it goes on to, somebody says, but it says I am Groot, to which somebody else comes in and says, maybe Groot is a race and not a person. Um, they go, is there a planet of... Well, some somebody else can, this this just kind of said. Well, he's a transplant. He's a transplant. Well, he's a transplant. I am Groot. And, and and basically, what this means is that Rocket is raising Groot's son. So Rocket is pretty much an uncle right now. It's Uncle Rocket. Oh my gosh! Do you want Rocket for an uncle? He's be that crazy uncle that that every family has, and but not every family admits to having. Yeah, yeah. And if you can't think of who that uncle is, it's probably you. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So somebody said, so does that mean that that baby Groot is Groot's clone, kind of like Barbara Streisand's dogs? Oh. And I'm just kind of like, you know, I never knew that Streisand cloned her dogs. How do we know this is she's like not a clone? Well, I mean, I just uh, I heard on the news the other morning. I was like, oh, uh, okay. Barbara Streisand has gone to the planet Camino, <laughs> and Lama Su has shown her the cloning chamber where there are these dozens of of test tube racks, and each one of them has a little white poodle looking thing in it. Oh, Jedi, Jedi Streisand, you will be happy with our cloning process. <laughs> I'm I'm not saying, but I'm saying. You know, things in, uh, like in sci-fi, clones never end well. This, uh, no, I don't know. No. No. And, and in Marvel either. No, they don't. No. Yeah. No. Just check out the end of, uh, well, no, no, no. That's a life model decoy. That's different. Uh, exactly. So. Maybe that's what these are. Barbara Streisand's okay. dogs are life model decoys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You have reached the life model decoy of Tony Stark. Please leave a message. 
So there you have it. If you didn't know already, well, now you do. Baby Groot is not Groot, but we are all Groot. <laughs> yep. No, that was Babylon 5. We are all Kosh. We are Groot. Yes, we are. Yes, we well, are Groot. Well, we do have a Marvel movie still in the theaters. Yes. Yes, we do. Uh, was it? The, is uh, we're into the third week of Black Panther now? I think so. Yeah, this was the second weekend that just passed. Yes. Yeah, and, and, and if I may just interject, this take a wild guess how much it's gone so far. How much it's how much it's raked in? I know at least half a billion. Try seven hundred and sixty-three million. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's as of today. Oh, my word. $428.7 million domestic, $334.6 million international. And it still has China and Japan to go. Wow. Well, I, I can tell you for a fact that, uh, at least where I work, people have seen this movie two, two to three times. Uh, there's a, a cosplayer that would follow on Twitter. I mean, on uh, Facebook, he's seen it 10 times. Wow. Yeah. The, the Marvel fandom is slowly growing like Star Wars, even though there are more Star Wars or more Marvel movies than Star Wars at this point. It, well, you know, the, this is like the perfect jump on point for somebody who did not get in at, the ver at, at uh, Iron Man. It's the perfect jump on point because it, it, this is an origin story. And it gives you just enough backstory to make you want to go backwards and watch, you know, what's going on if you want. And also, right as we're about to hit the, I guess, in essence, the uh, climax of what everything's been building up to, Infinity War, this is a great jump-on point to launch somebody into the next phase of Marvel movies. It's perfect. I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah. And uh, to that point, um, well, you know, talking about going back anyway, uh, if we were you know, true Marvel geeks, we all sat and waited for the end credits in Civil War. And we remembered that there was a scene that took place in Wakanda with uh, Steve and T'Challa putting Bucky on ice. Uh, after the events of Civil War. Mm -hmm. Well, so there's been questions as to why didn't we see Bucky in Black Panther, uh, considering the timing of the movie, you know, taking place obviously after the events of Civil War. Uh, now, according to an interview with Empire, director, director uh, Ryan Coogler and producer Nate Moore explained their reasons for keeping Bucky frozen and out of sight of uh, the other Wakandans, um, uh, especially since, you no know, Wakandans don't seem to care too much for outsiders, it seems. Uh, so this is a direct quote. Uh, we kind of dropped a hint that when they bring in Ross in, and she's like, oh, another one, which we know what she actually said, but I think she said, like, another broken white boy. I think that's what her exact line was. But uh, so we dropped hints in there, but what we kind of decided was that her cracking his mental code, if Shuri is as smart as she is, that wouldn't be a big problem. And the second point, which is kind of dark, but it makes sense, Bucky would have horrible PTSD. He would need spiritual guidance. The last thing he would need to do is to jump into a civil war. So that was kind of the thought process there. 
and it could be potentially problematic. If it's a, a bunch of Africans fighting and you bring in a white dude, he comes in shooting people, you know. Uh, we were aware of that. Bucky's not trained to neutralize people peacefully. He's an assassin. Uh, although it seems that by based on what we see uh, with the end credit for Black Panther, uh, Bucky is definitely on the road to recovery, if not towards the end of that road. So the question is, where is Steve? Because I'm pretty sure Steve is... I, I can't see Steve you no know, traveling the world out at least in my head canon, he's hanging out somewhere in Wakanda too. But we'll see. And, and why and just also just think about this. The movie's Black Panther. That's the title. It's not Black Panther and a bunch of other people. It's That's not true. Black true. Panther and Bucky. It's right. not Black Panther right. and Steve. No, no. No, Mar- Marvel's, Mar- been Marvel's been really, been really Marvel's been really good about when when it's a, s- a hero story or or at least that first movie. That's what you get uh, with Iron Man. With the first Iron Man movie, you got Iron Man. With the first Captain America movie, you got Captain America. With Thor, it was Thor. Uh, so obviously, with Black Panther, it's gonna be Black Panther. Right. You it should be anyway. You know, so having Bucky and and Cap in a in any kind of significant role in this movie, I, I think it would not add to the movie. No, it would no. not. It would not add anything to the movie. In fact, it would kind of detract from it because because then it gives the impression that Marvel doesn't think that a Black Panther movie can succeed without having these two characters in it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And you know what? Um, this movie does a great a- job standing by itself without setting up you know, Infinity War or anything coming up. You know what? You're right because, I mean, you, you have I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, yeah, we get flashbacks to Civil War, but I mean, that was pertinent. Yeah, but Claw has a history of uh, going after uh, T'Challa's family anyway. Right. You know. Yeah. So I mean, even though what even though what happened in Civil War was really incidental because it's still tied to ultimately tied to Black Panther. Yeah. You know. Um, course, I, I like the fact that they brought Claw back. Yes. Especially considering it's like when we first saw him was in Avengers Age of Ultron. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. And he had a shipment of vibranium from, yeah. Wakan- from Wakanda. Which is, re- which is referenced in the movie. Yeah. 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 So we have Wakanda mentioned before Civil War. We have mm-hmm. vibranium. Of course, we have vibranium mentioned all the way back in Captain America, the first Avenger. Mm-hmm. And we say, you know, they say, you know, because it's very, very rare. This shield represents all we have of it. Right. That also kind of speaks to Wakanda's isolation. Yep. You know, I, there's so, all right, there. There's a, a classic scene uh, in. Well, depending on what version of the Black Panther origin that you get. But Steve ends up fighting uh, T'Challa's father. Dang, I can't think of his name right now. Um, T'Chaka? T'Chaka. No. Yeah, I think it was yeah. T'Chaka. Okay. Uh, during World War Two, And because uh, uh, I think they sent Steve to, or they sent Captain America to Wakanda to 
I guess, try and take vibranium from him. Uh, but he ends up, they end up battling, and then, you know, he hands Steve his lunch. And then Steve uh, respects, you know, he... he you no know, respects him as a as a warrior and as you know a king, and he leaves it at that. Thing is, I know that's comic book canon. I'm not sure if that's something because you know we don't know everything that happened during World War II, and Steve doesn't tell a lot. No, no. So you know, I don't know if that's something that they would ever touch on, because how did America get that vibranium? You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of throwing that out there. Well, obviously, we're not going to get the same kind of continuity from the MCU as we do the Earth of 616. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, that that is just it's something that we never we should we never have expected that in the first place. No. And if you were smart, you didn't expect it in the no. first place. No, because there, there's no way <laughs> there, there's too much that goes on. There's I, just no way. Yeah, I, I got. I have a friend who, you know, bless his heart, he hates every superhero movie out there because. And I remember a conversation that we had on the first Thor movie, and and his opinion was it totally ruined the Thor mythos. It's like, dude, you can't fit sixty something years of comic books into a two hour movie. Right. No. Start a new continuity. That's that's I think what he either refused to acknowledge or could not grasp. But you know that it, that's that's the whole thing. You are building a new continuity. Yeah, I mean you can't when when they when they make these movies they they have okay there there's a fine line that you walk because you you want you want it to have a certain level of faithfulness to the source material, but you also need need to have mass appeal you know and there, there needed to be you really can't make that's the reason why you can't make bucky a 14 15 year old kid hanging around an army base during world war ii that right. is not gonna fly today right <laughs> you know it's just not um i'm not and you know and i love cap and i love the original stories but i'm not sure i would even accept that on the screen today you know yeah no, no. I mean, it's 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 a case of some things that were accepted back in back at the time that the comic book started. Mm-hmm. You know, back then, having young sidekicks was a way of of uh, making it more relatable. That's why you had the Bucky. That's why you had Toro. That's why you had Speedy and and, and did I mentioned Robin. I, I I should have mentioned Robin, but. Mm-hmm. See, that's the thing. And as a matter of fact, over in Britain, they have what they call a boys' own adventure genre. Mm-hmm. And that's basically it, it's it's for kids. It's where the kid gets swept up in an adventure with like these heroes, like like the whole the, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. The movie was pretty much envisioned as a boys' own adventure. But Tom Sawyer, special agent Tom Sawyer, was the boy in this. Right. And so, you know, back then when the boys' own adventure stuff was was a little bit more prevalent, then yes, having a having a young teenage kid at an army base hanging around with somebody going into, you know, really dangerous situations, that was more accepted. Right. Right. And, yeah. and that's not to say that's not to say that it's it's a good thing or a bad thing. It's just that's that's the way it was. Nowadays, you don't you don't have that you don't have that genre anymore. Hardly. No, no. 
Yeah, it's, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's, like, almost, it's almost like saying, look at any of the Mel Brooks films. When they came out, they could not be done. Oh, God, no. 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 no, no, no. Absolutely not. Mm-mm. Uh-uh. Like, like, there's even certain jokes in Spaceballs that would not. No. No. Like combing the desert. <laughs> yep, exactly. Funny. <laughs> I, you know, I, you know, I, and you know, I, growing up, okay, like we're all about the same age, and so you know, I think we grew up with that seventies mentality where, I, and I don't know if it, if we just didn't, I'll just say it was a different time in a different place, you know, uh, a movie like Blazing Saddles could play. And everybody in the theater would laugh, and they all get the jokes because they they look at the absurdity of it all. You know, uh, you could not play Blazing Saddles in a theater right now and have the same effect. If anything, that movie you would probably make make it what fifteen twenty minutes in, and there'll be like you know calls to to shut it down. So right, yeah, pretty much. Not to sound like a crotchety old man or anything like that. What you saying? <laughs> Whippersnappers. Get off my lawn. We're closed. At, le- at least, at least we still like we like our le- our Captain America legit and not riding around in a van with the big motorcycle helmet with the motorcycle hanging out in the back of the van and the shield on the front. As I can't even talk about that anymore. But, <laughs> but a van is for living down by the river. Yeah, you know, and that's the feeling I got about Steve Rogers. I'm like, where did he get his money? He's just driving around the country in a van. I'm going to shut up. Oh, anyway. It's all the back pay for being in active service. Did he That's get back pay? For- <laughs> but that wasn't that Steve Rogers, though. Do you remember that was one? And his dad apparently was Captain America or something. And then they injected him with something that was not a super soldier serum, but kind of was. I don't even. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess we move on. Yeah. I'm lost now. Where are we at? We did the, the open letter, correct? No, we have, uh, not, uh, we have not done an open letter. This would be Shall we talk about the open letter now? We should, since I kind of brought it up. Yeah, okay. since you brought it up. Okay. Now, on the subject of Black Panther, and we've been talking tonight about the, you know, the success that it's had, the cultural relevance, and uh, the way it's just kind of like just blowing people away. Uh, you, uh, the people that are blown away by its success, you kind of want to put the cast and crew in it. Oh, sorry, blowing people away. This ain't Twister, and you're not the big bad wolf. <laughs> not by the hair of my chinny chin chin. I'm close to it. <laughs> but um, no, actually, what it was, uh, director Ryan Coogler published this uh, open letter to the fans of the films, and I thought this was an awesome thing to do and an awesome thing to say. Uh, he says, quote, I am struggling to find the words to express my gratitude at this moment, but I will try. Filmmaking is a team sport, and our team was made up of amazing people from all over the world who believe in this story. Deep down, we all hope that people would come to see a film about a fictional country on the continent of Africa made up of a cast of people of African descent. Never in a million years did we imagine that you all would come out this strong. It still humbles me to think 
that people care enough to spend their money and time watching our film. But to see people of all backgrounds wearing clothing that celebrates their heritage, taking pictures next to our posters with their friends and family, and sometimes dancing in the lobbies of theaters often moved me and my wife to tears. For the people who bought out theaters, who posted on social about how lit the film would be, bragged about our awesome cast, picked out outfits to wear, and who stood in line in theaters all over the world, all before seeing the film, to the press who wrote about the film for folks who hadn't seen it yet and encouraged audiences to come out, and to the young ones who came out with their parents, with their mentors, and with their friends, thank you for giving our team of filmmakers the greatest gift, the opportunity to share this film, what we poured our hearts and souls into, with you. Sincerely, Ryan Coogler. P.S. Wakanda Forever. Wow. Uh, it was announced last weekend from Orlando International Airport that our new flights on Wakanda Air to Wakanda. <laughs> Those jets will be the fastest jets ever. <laughs> and people actually are buying it. <laughs> We're not buying tickets, but are buying the, the story. You know, uh, there was a story here in Ohio, uh, I believe it was down in Dayton, where a teacher, uh, the Tuesday after President's Day, you know, the opening weekend of Black Panther, stood outside her uh, classroom. And as the kids all lined up to go in, she greeted each of those kids with the Wakandan greeting. Wow. I, and uh, I mean, I've had people give me the Wakandan greeting at work. I, I, I've heard, I, I even had somebody today. I, I was wearing um. Uh, Dawn found me a really cool T-shirt that looks like it looks like the Wu Tang Clan T-shirt is is black with the gold W, but where it says Wu Tang says Wakanda. And I saw somebody saw me with this shirt and they go Wakanda forever, and I'm just like it. it you know. It's amazing. I, I'm I'm wowed by the response to this movie. You know, and and I love the fact that it's it, and it, it that it transcends race. It transcends gender. Like it doesn't matter who or what you are. People are coming away from this movie, and you know they 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 have had an experience right. and they carry it with them. Um, and I I I think Marvel. I, I think Marvel wasn't prepared for the level of success for this movie. I don't doubt that they thought that, it, that they thought it would do well or that it would be a successful movie, but I don't think they expected it to be like this. Not in February. No, it's almost like they're doing the exact same thing that Lucasfilm was doing with Solo. Yeah, there wasn't as much marketing until like a month and a half before, mm-hmm. and then it's just and, skyrocketed. And and that made it harder for me because you know me and my moratorium. <laughs> yeah, I'll be watching something, and all of a sudden I'm like, ah, oh, no, I I don't want to see it. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of like all of a sudden me and my wife just start talking about the most inane things just uh, until the commercial was over and then we were fine, you know. Hey, but, what about those but, bears, sweetheart? <laughs> 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 uh, and I, I, saw I saw that uh, uh, there's a well, there's a Black Panther animated series. I believe it was put out by BET. Now, I remember seeing this on Amazon. I mean, not Amazon. 
it was on uh, Netflix, and it was a it was closer to it was animated, but it was closer to more like a motion comic, and it was the uh, animated version of the. Who is the Black Panther uh, trade paperback or graphic novel, rather? Um, I think I, I think that's being re-released. Uh, I believe you're pretty sure you can find it online. It may it may be on the BET site, and it may be back on Netflix. I haven't gone back to look yet, but I think I would definitely go back and look at it again. Um, I will say that that story was written back in 2009, and even in the author's foreword, he talked about it being his vision of what the Black Panther movie would be like. I would say that it was incredibly close, and that was a, a for for a for a graphic novel that was written nine years ago. It was incredibly close. Okay. Yeah. Well, speaking of close, um, <laughs> we are close to possibly seeing a Silver Surfer movie. Woo! Oh, yeah. Uh, Fox is developing a Silver Surfer movie, um, which could end up being a Disney Fox Silver Surfer movie, <laughs> depending on the speed this is going. Uh, to para- so they want this to actually be good. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. Know what's going to happen, don't you? You're going to see the surfer, and then you're going to see Stitch also on that surfboard, and the Hawaiian roller coaster ride is going to be playing underneath it. <laughs> you can't unsee that now, can you? No. Who Who is the character in Treasure Planet that also was on a surfboard? Oh, that surfboard? was Jim. That was Jim Hawkins. Okay. So I'm glad you knew the Disney movie reference I was talking about. <laughs> um, first off, it's going to be. It's a pairing of Noah Haley, Haley's Doctor Doom movie, um, that it's going to be paired up with. That Silver Surfer is going to be a standalone movie, which is being written by none other than Brian K. Vaughn. Uh, oh! Um, little else is known about the project uh, at this point. Of course, the Silver Surfer made his big screen debut in the Fantastic Flop sequel in 2007. <laughs> uh, also just announced is an X-Men project from comic book writer Brian Michael, Brian Michael Bendis and Deadpool director Tim Miller, which is a supernatural film set to focus on Kitty Pride. Um, the impending merger does not affect this project in any shape or form. Should okay. There. And I think I actually took someone's story, didn't I? Yeah, I think it was mine, but that's okay. Well, I'll let you take mine, and let's discuss some of the Infinity War toys that were released this week. Oh, okay. Let's see. Infinity War. Anyway. Oh, and um, so, yeah. Okay, so we have Infinity War toys that were released this week, and it seems like that some of these toys are actually... Uh, include some new Marvel Legends. Yes. Um, now, which some, of, I lo- some of these we talked about last week. Right. And and I love the Marvel Legends line. Uh, I don't have the space for all of them, unfortunately. Um, and I, I, as I, you know, try to stretch out the time so my computer can catch up with me, <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
because I was like, uh, why? Oh, there we go. So, um, so yeah, and wow. Um, let me just say, the first image that comes up is Steve Rogers, because he's not Captain America anymore at this point. Um, and he has a... You see him with the buckler shield yep. uh, that we see in the uh, Civil, uh, no, sorry, Infinity War trailer, um, and it's it's interesting because it seems like it's a mix of his original Buckler, which you kind of see at you kind of see him with uh, from the uh, Captain America series from a year ago, and this also has an extension that, that comes out of the bottom with a point. Um, yeah, with a little point there. Yes. Uh, and um, you, you see that Cap has definitely modified his uniform some. He's uh, ripped off the white star. Yeah, so the white star is not there. Looks like the colors are even more muted. Um, and I'm a little disappointed that we're not seeing the U.S. agent black and red outfit. That's I was hoping for that myself. You know, I thought that maybe while he was hanging out, you know, he might have come up with a new, you know, some new do, uh, duds. Uh, but, you know, with the Avengers Infinity War line of toys, we see Thor uh, and we see him um, with an axe. That's not just an axe, my friend. That is freaking Stormbreaker. That yeah, is Stormbreaker. And we had the story. We talked about this last week, a couple of weeks ago. A couple of weeks uh, ago. And this looks awesome. And looks like, is that an Infinity Stone with it? Yes. Yeah. The the um, Infinity War six-inch figures are all coming with Infinity Stones. Oh, really? Yes. Yes. That will tie in with the um, Iron Man AR that we talked about last week. Ah. Now, okay, now, and I'm looking at the Thor figure here, and, you know, it kind of reminds me of, what's the guy's name, Thunderstrike? You remember? Uh, uh, yes, I remember Thunderstrike. Um, actually, what I thought you were going to say, what? rock and roll from G.I. Joe. Yeah, he does look like rock and roll, too. With with that and hair, that, dude, that beard, with that coloration, dude, he, all he needs is a couple of Gatling guns, and he is rock and roll. Yes, he yeah. is. Yes, he is. Uh, and then we, uh, we have, uh, Iron Man, uh, which is, uh, part of the Legends series. Uh, he has a couple different hands with him. Uh, uh, that's a good looking figure. And that one is a 12 inch figure. Um, no, is it? No, I thought it was a six inch figure. Uh, it says yeah, that's six inch. Is that one? So it says, oh, it says Marvel Avengers Infinity War Titan Hero 12 inch figures uh okay. the Avengers assemble yeah that's 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 right accurate picture yeah. underneath oh yeah okay oh yeah there it is yeah that one now and this is the uh a blonde black widow i'm not used to her um uh, i can't get behind that i she's cannot get frosty. behind blonde black widow i mean I, I i look at her and it's just i uh, I get. I understand why she is frosty. She's oh, no, not just, ice. When she was redhead, she was fire. Now she's ice. And then we have Hulk, and Hulk looks like Hulk. Uh, and I have to admit, the detailing looks really good with the muscles and everything. It's a right. good looking figure. Um, and we have uh, 
Spider-Man in what, okay, it's not quite an Iron Spider suit, but... Closest to what we're going to get at this time. Closest close to what we're going to get. And this is the suit that you see at the end of uh, Homecoming. And he apparently is in it. And 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 then we end up with Hulk with, uh, and this is uh, from Nerf. Uh, so you have like a Hulk hand kind of thing. I am loving these Nerf blasters. I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it looks good. I think Star Lord is my favorite. Oh, oh yeah, Star Lord is Star Lord is definitely my favorite. Spider Man oh. is, is a close second. Although, although the Iron Man one's pretty cool too. Yeah, I mean Cap's cool, but I think that's a lot for a Nerf gun as opposed to the original Cap Shield Nerf gun, which was the fun one. Mm-hmm. Oh, so. You know, and I'm like, why do they just want, you know, they're going to, they already know they're going to get my money at the theater. So, you know, I'm like, you know, I just, and I'm sitting there and I'm just digging all the toys, you know, all all the action figures, all the toys. And, you know, and the funny thing is I'll buy the action figures and they'll never see the light of day. Well, you know, I'll put them on a shelf and that's it. I don't even, I don't even take them out of the, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't even take them out of their, uh, case anymore i just kind of like wow okay so we got and that infinity gauntlet wow the infinity gauntlet is cool but i I can tell you right now i will be getting the toy stormbreaker yeah yes it's too cool not to have yeah i mean i'm I'm sitting i'm uh, where i'm sitting i've got mjolnir like under my desk (laughs) there will have to be stormbreaker to keep it company Oh man, and uh, we had uh, we had is that Iron Man in his uh, Infinity War armor versus uh, Thanos battle set, and that has two two Infinity Stones. Yeah. So yeah, this is uh, amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I still get over the Iron Man AR, which is basically like a Viewmaster taken to the ultimate extreme. Yes, yes, it is. very much so. So uh, yeah, well, so go ahead, Colin. No, I said that's all I got. Well, it's not all for the show yet. We do still have. And of course, that's the comic book shop by the Shazbots uh, from some small town called Akron. <laughs> Akron. <here>. Akron. <laughs> I knew that. I knew that before Kylan and I ever met. That's true. That's a whole other story for another day. So, Kylan, why don't you start us off? Awesome. Okay, so my first uh, pick is Hawkeye, uh, number 16. The writer is Kelly Thompson. Artist is Leonardo Romero. And the cover artist is Julian Totino Tedesco. As Madame Mask, Eden, and a crew of misfit villains take on Hawkeye and Hawkeye with renewed vengeance, our heroes dig deep into themselves to solve the unique challenges they face. Arrows can't solve everything, it seems. Who knew? When the dust settles, what will the future hold for the two Hawkeyes? Well, one's going to go away. I, I just say he. one of them can always go back to being Ronan, which I was a fan of. You know. Oh, there you go. Didn't he die in the first Guardians movie? Oh, I'm sorry. Wrong Ronan. Wrong Ronan. <laughs> Spelt differently. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, Eric, why don't you go next? Okay, my first pick of the week is Doctor Strange Damnation number two. 
Written by Donny Cates. Art by Zyman Kudransky. Mephisto has taken up some major real estate in Las Vegas, but he's not going to stop there. He's got the rest of the Earth on his to-get list, and only Doctor Strange can stop him. The only downside? Strange went into Mephisto's Hotel Inferno to confront him and has not been seen since. Add the fact that the devilish villain has already corrupted several Avengers, and Wong and his ragtag group of mystical heroes look like they're in some serious trouble. Interesting. Well, my first book of the week is Amazing Spider-Man number 797. Uh, of course, this is the legend numbering. Uh, writer is Dan Slott. Artist is Stuart Immonen. But you know, I heard Nick Spencer's taking over writing duties for Amazing Spider-Man. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Go Down Swinging Part 1. The Green Goblin's back and scarier than ever. Dan Slott has saved his most harrowing Spider-Man story for last as he and Stuart kick off the amazing Spider-Man story 10 years in the making. Osborne got his crazy back and has a plan that will make all his past plans look like child's play. Peter Parker and the people he loves, all of them, are in deep trouble. And who or what is the Red Goblin? The only Spider-Man to survive... The only way Spider-Man survives is to go down swinging. (laughs) So, Kylan, your second pick. My second pick is Rise of Black Panther, number three of six... Uh, the writer is Evan Narcisse. The artist is Paul Renaud. And the cover artist is Brian Stelfreeze. Secret Origin of the Black Panther, Part 3. Against the wishes of his tribal council, the Black Panther unveils his country to the globe. But will T'Challa, T'Challa's faith in humanity bring ruin on his resource-rich home? The new king will quickly find his invitation brings unexpected guests. What is the Winter Soldier doing in Africa? Well, we know because we saw the movie. We did. So, Eric, your second pick. My second pick is Infinity Countdown number one, written by Jerry Duggan, art by Aaron Cooter, and cover art by Nick Bradshaw. The saga of the Infinity Stones begins. As the Infinity Stones reappear around the cosmos, the ultimate race for power is on. Battles will be fought. Blood will be spilled. Lives will be lost. All as the greatest cosmic heroes and villains vie for possession of the Power Stone. Towering over a remote asteroid, somehow grown to the size of a building. Watch, the pa- watch as the path to infinity opens before your eyes and the end lies near. Intern got paid on that one. <laughs> so, well, my second pick of the week is Avengers number 683, written by Mark Wade, artist is Paco Medina. No Surrender Part 9, the Avengers weekly epic continues. Jarvis, Jarvis's life hangs by a thread. Only by voyaging into Jarvis's mind can the beast save him. But what terrible secret is lurking inside the memory of the Avengers' loyal butler? So we're back to Kylan for your final pick. My final pick is She-Hulk, number 163. Uh, The writer is Mariko Tamaki. The artist is Diego Olortegui. And the cover artist is Raza. Jen Walters Must Die, Part 5. It's not easy being green. Jen Walters has gone through some stuff. She's fought tough golems made of rage and fear, faced monsters twice her size, and won tough court battles. What's next for Jen? Well, 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 oh, well. Is that me? There's you. No, it's actually. Oh, no. Or it's actually is, me. I just, 
I just didn't know if you were done or not. So I was just kind of like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, what comes next? What comes next? <laughs> that, that, that's just, well, I, I, I think that was like creative writing 101. They they like the cliffhangers. Oh. Uh, yeah, they've been doing that. Okay. Well, I won't be leaving you cliffhanging because my third pick of the week is Avengers and the Affinity Gauntlet Trade Paperback. Written by Brian Clevenger, art by Brian Chirula, and cover art by Umberto Ramos. Thanos, Scourge of the Cosmos, has acquired the Infinity Gems, granting him control over the entire universe. With the power of the gems, he destroyed half the population of all worlds, including many of the Avengers and half of the Fantastic Four. The only force standing in his way is what's left of the Avengers. But how can a ragtag group of heroes and villains, including Spider-Man, Wolverine, Ms. Marvel, and Doctor Doom, overpower the unstoppable? It's non-stop, pulse-pounding, white-knuckle action brought to you by Brian Clevenger and Brian Chirula. Plus, see where the saga began in the classic kickoff of the original event. Now, this collects Avengers in the Infinity Gauntlet numbers 1 through 4 and Infinity Gauntlet number 1. Okay. Well, my final pick of the week is Star Wars number 44. Uh, Karen Gillian, Salvador La Roca. The rebellion needs you. The empire takes from all of us our freedom, our dignity, our hopes, and for some, even our lives. The rebel alliance fights to take back our galaxy from the forces of oppression. And that's that. Oh. So, Kylan, why don't you bring us the MU pick of the week? My MU pick of the week is, to be honest with you, it's actually more of a, it's actually a miniseries. Uh, it is Truth, Red, White, and Black. Uh, this is a, it's a Captain America story that gives you the story of what happens after Steve Rogers has disappeared. Um, and what the, uh, how the army sought to try and continue their super soldier program. Um, the writer is Robert Morales and the, artist is Kyle Baker. Um, this was a series from uh, this was a series from I believe uh, let me look. I believe it was uh, 2003. I, I remember getting this book and, and it was like the biggest it was such a good story and it was one of those books that I hated waiting every month but I loved waiting every month if that makes sense. Right. Um, but yeah, so now you don't have to wait every month for this. You can, uh, it has all six volumes or all six issues rather collected right here on, um, oh, I'm sorry, seven issues, uh, right here, all on Marvel Unlimited. It's uh, an amazing story. Do yourself a favor and read it. Cool. Well, that's going to almost wrap it up for us this week. Any final thoughts? Mm. Oh, um, there is one thing. Uh, Marvel is uh, is uh, is uh, donating money for STEM programs uh, for schools uh, for uh, I guess for education um, programs across the United States. Oh, that's cool. uh, yeah. yeah, so I just and, heard of that. Yeah, that's that is an awesome, awesome thing. Right, and in fact, one the uh, one of the schools that they're um, or one of the locations, rather, where they are doing this is in Oakland, which is because of Black Panther. Because, you know, that's where uh, T'Challa wanted to uh, 
put the first Wakandan outreach in the United States. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, actually, I got two. Uh, Stan Lee uh, was rushed to the hospital because of pneumonia yeah. this week. Yeah. Uh, actually, I got three. Second, Vans Tennis Shoes is partnering up with, with Marvel. Yes. And yes. this one's slightly related because he appeared in Marvel, but his now canon debut is coming with IDW in the Star Wars Adventures. But Jackson is now going to be canon. Yes. Really? Now, we get Dawn said, Jack Cannon, and I will be a happy, happy man. Dawn says she thought she read somewhere that Mara Jade may be canon now, too. I don't know. Oh, about- that would make a lot of people excited. And then a lot of other fanboys just hating Disney even more. <laughs> stay tuned tomorrow night for uh, Wookiee Radio. Or stay tuned this weekend. Or actually, you probably heard it earlier today on Sorcerer Radio as we talked about how uh, Jackson's becoming canon. Cool. <laughs> I am so lost and so out of it on what's what with with the shows. I keep forgetting we're early on Sorcerer Radio. <laughs> that we're before, that Wookiee Radio is before Mighty Marvel Geeks on Sorcerer Radio. It is? Yes. Yep. Ah. Yep. Wookiee Radio starts at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern and we start at 8 p.m. Eastern. Yep. So that's okay, though. Saving the best for last. That's right. That's my side of the story. I'm sticking to it. So, any final thought? Any other final thoughts? Or is that pretty much it? Mm -hmm. I think think that's that's pretty much it. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope. Just time to go dark. So, yeah. Yeah. Like we talked about on Wookiee Radio, Jackson is going to be making a appearance in a issue, upcoming issue of IDW's Star Wars Adventures, which is the all ages book. So, but the question is, with Marvel now doing all ages or considering it, how long before? Since we own, since Marvel has the license, how long before that series jumps over to Marvel? Or are they going to put it there? I don't know, dude. I don't know. I think sooner rather than later. So, 